new episode of Who's He, the Doctor Who podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be going back to the beginning of the series five with a retrospective of Matt Smith's first story, The Eleventh Hour. Uh, but first up, I need to make a correction to last week's podcast. I forgot to mention this to you earlier, Paul. Um, last week, when I was going through um, Roy Skelton's resume, I um, erroneously stated... And I keep making this mistake when it comes to Patrick Troughton, that his first um, episode was Evil of the Daleks, when in fact it was The Power of the Daleks. So I must have, I must have offended scores of uh, Who fans out there with, the, with that erroneous statement, so, um, so I apologise. But, but I must I was, remember, this is actually the second time I made that mistake, because I did this on our first podcast as well, if you can cast your mind that far back, Paul. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think the Troutony is a fair game though for making stuff up about really. Because well, there's not that much less surviving. So. Ex- exactly, because uh, um, one thing we've we started doing on, on our um, on our website now we've uh, we've got a blog up and running. So there'll be like myself, Paul, and Tony will be sort of adding our own little views as and when on there. And uh, obviously the the latest one I, I sort of posted on there was to do with this fact of. Um, me messing up my my Troughton history uh, for the second time of asking. Um, so the website that has been given out at the end of the show. Uh, so have, have a look at that because I have a solution as to how we can get these missing episodes back. Um, and it involves invading Zimbabwe. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, there you go. Yes. It makes sense when you read it. So uh, but anyway. Invade Zimbabwe. You yes. Need- <laughs> That's a damn good tagline, actually. <laughs> Invade Zimbabwe, you know it makes sense. You could have Jimmy Savile doing that clunk click as well at the same time. <laughs> oh, oh, those are the days. Anyway, um, first, so moving swiftly on, um, the first item on the on today's show is really the the news, and we'll kick off with um, Torchwood news, or rather, lack of. Uh, because it's pretty much a given that we won't be seeing Torture in the UK at the same time as the US, where it will be airing on the 8th of July. Uh, the BBC press office has released the schedule um, for that week, and there is no mention of Torchwood in that week's lineup. But there is a small disclaimer at the bottom saying it is subject to change. So there may be an outside chance, um, but it isn't looking very hopeful at the moment. Um, so I, I, I don't know what to make of this, Paul. What do you make of make of this yeah i don't know i mean it's it's obviously a question of how much money uh the americans have put into this and whether part of that was that they would have first goes at it yeah first dibs on air i i I think you're right there probably is some sort of uh, because whoever whoever loses out is gonna be um is not gonna get the audience because lots of people will through the wonders of the internet find ways of Watching these things, well, that's and the what, broadcasts are yeah. delayed in our countries. Most the people who really want to see it in those countries have seen it by the time it. That's it. That's that's what worries me. Um, to be honest, because you say it, it's 
people who really want to watch it are going to watch it online by hook or by crook. Yeah. I mean, we've been fortunate throughout the years that we've been the ones in the excellent position of having it first every yes. time with That's Doctor right. Who. I mean, even though this series, they have been airing it um, at the same time in the States, which I think is, uh, is only a good thing. Yeah. If it's now beginning to build up a good fan base outside the UK, and it always has had a good fan base outside the UK, but I mean, who now compared to who all those years ago? I mean, it's um, it's a massive BBC cash cow, really. Yeah, and, yeah. The sales from BBC Worldwide is is you know, it's astronomical. So it, it, it's a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, it is odd because there's no reason. There's nothing big happening in the on British TV or British uh, sport wise or whatever that would mean it not well there's only, as far well, as I there's, can see there's only um, Wimbledon for, um, really but that's starting well should be starting tomorrow shouldn't it I'm not a big tennis fan so um... yeah and I, I wouldn't have thought Torchwood's going to go out at a time when Wimbledon. I mean, I, I suppose the Saturday and Sunday that is the um, end of July would be. Hmm. I don't know, let's try and think. No, if it's starting next week, it'd be. It's only two weeks, isn't it? So it'd be finished a week ahead of. Hmm. Of yeah. That. And it's not. There's no uh, football World Cup or. No, it's just it's just European a bit. Championships. Yeah, it's just very very. Very strange, really. Um, but as the, uh, as we said, the only explanation that we can, I think most people can come up with, is the fact that it must be a rights issue. Um, yeah, where I the... mean, they've obviously pumped so much money into it, what mm. they don't want. And probably they're more at, at risk of it than the BBC. Because I, I suspect with the BBC, probably aren't losing if, if, if you've got if you're a subscriber I don't know if it is, is it, I presume it's a subscriber channel in America um, I'm not entirely sure with stars I, I must admit I haven't really done a lot of research on them um, a, because it doesn't it doesn't really mean much to me I think if it was sort of co-funded by say like Sky um, yeah. which I mean yeah I would pay a bit more attention because obviously um, we know what Sky's I mean they got the first series of Battlestar Galactica yeah, um, because they funded it and put it on Sky One. Yeah, when they wasn't letting anyone else that the, their subscribers have Sky. Yeah, um, so I we, didn't see we... it, and then that's why I never got into it. Ah, see, well, no, because that's the thing. Yeah, because yeah, there was that thing with Virgin at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. So it was. Um, we we got to see it in the UK years, or not years, but quite a, some time before um, the US did, which is a first. Um, yeah, for this country, it really is. But yeah, I mean, and I, I don't. I, it probably isn't something that would affect BBC audiences. I don't think. No, I don't think it would. No. Um, having already paid your license fee, it doesn't cost you any more. To, <laughs> no, precisely. To, to yeah. watch these sort of things. So. Oh dear. Well, well, hopefully it all all will become clear um, in the very near future on that one. Um, but the. Next item on the news agenda um, for this week is, again, uh, Doctor Who Series 7, which is still causing some sort of level of controversy. 
Um, the private eye store, which we reported on last week, was pretty much debunked by all concerns. Um, however, the one thing they kind of got right is that we will not be getting a full series of Doctor Who in 2012, which I'm sure you have all read about um, already. Um, how this came about was Danny Cohen, the controlled BBC One, stated at a, a BBC event, for the life of me, I can't remember what that event was, but it was something to do with the church. I, was, I don't know what, what the hell he's mentioned um, Doctor Who. But he said at this event um, during the week that they, the BBC will not be airing a full series of Doctor Who next year. Um, pretty much as soon as he, he said that, uh, messages started flying around Twitter from people who were there. Um, and basically for a second week running, panic set in. Um, and which also didn't help matters, Danny Cohn also um, chose to state that this was due to Stephen Moffat's other commitment uh, to Sherlock. Not, 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 not his commitment to Songs of Praise? No, no. Or I, I, there isn't any other religious programmes, is there? Um, the BBC? I, not I pay any attention to them. I but, was going to say, it probably is on a Sunday morning, but. Um, oh, God knows. Oh, isn't there? I know there's some religious debate show with Nicky Campbell, which is enough to make me switch off anyway. Um, but anyway, um, Stephen Moffat then went on to deny um, this accusation, because I think Danny Kane pretty much said it in. Well, I believe he said it in jest, but then. It was almost then been reported as fact, which Stephen Moffat then went sort of denied um, on more than one occasion, actually, because people kept perpetuating the rumour. Um, I mean, unless unless they're going to be doing a huge number of episodes of Sherlock for next year. Well, from what I can understand, no, it's the same amount. It's, it's three, yes, three episodes, three two-hour stories. Um, yeah. So it's no more than last time. Um, admittedly, Stephen Moffat wasn't the showrunner on, on Doctor Who then, but um, but he's a showrunner. He's not as if he's involved in every single aspect. That's what, that's what you've got producers for. Yeah, unless he's a producer and Mark on it, I, I don't seems know. To be doing as yes. much that as he, yeah, that's absolutely right. He does. Um, I know Stephen Moffat's writing one of the stories. I, I think Mark Gatiss would be writing one of the stories as yeah. well. Mark but... Gatiss is doing the Hounds of the Basketball, aren't he? That's it. Um, Actually, must have, I can't wait for that to start next year, Sherlock, because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, anyway, um, back onto, onto this. Um, sort of later on, Stephen Moffat um, tweeted uh, the following, which I'll say you can probably read everywhere, but I'll, I'll just quickly read this out. Basically, it says, Doctor Who, misquotes and misunderstandings, but I'm not being bounced into, anything the, into announcing the cool stuff before we're ready. Hush and patience. Now, he actually retweeted this um, on uh, two or three times because people kept on going on about, um, oh, there's no Doctor Who next year. I mean, everyone went into absolute panic mode again, um, which has led to sort of people saying that, you know, the BBC are treating their flagship show in a rather shoddy manner and, you know, how can they do this? It's the, it's the biggest money spinner uh, for the BBC. But actually, next year, there's quite a few things to take into consideration because we've got the London 2012 Olympics. There's the Euro 2012 football tournament. Yeah. And the Queen's, uh, God bless her, Diamond Jubilee. And that's all basically in sort of... Well, now, it's going to be around about now, isn't it? Because Euro 2012 is going to be... Oh, when does that kick off? Yeah, that's usually middle 
middle of June. So you're going to yeah. have yeah, you're going to have the Golden Jubilee beginning of June, that middle of June, and then the Olympics in August. Yeah, I think isn't it? So, so is it July? It's two weeks in July, I think, because then you've got the Paralympics afterwards, which I'm oh, sure, right. which I'm sure the BBC will will also cover. So the BBC schedules are going to be pretty much um, packed out with all this. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget, you're probably going to have loads of programmes dedicated to the 2012 Olympics and the Queen's Darwin Jubilee leading up to both events. And you're probably going to get a lot of programmes afterwards as well. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, these sort of retrospective um, programmes. Um, probably not so much on the 2012 football tour, because once it's over, it's over. Um, yeah, it's just the fact that the you know if England are there at all. Right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the way we've been playing I'd, makes an I'd, interest. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's um, but obviously it's got it's actually annoyed a lot of people um, all this. But um, there's a couple of possibilities um, for this. Now I think you you were saying earlier, Paul, that it's pretty much been confirmed. Well, not confirmed, but it's they said there will be some episodes airing in the autumn of 2012. Yeah, I mean, everyone seems to. I mean, if if they're going to be that, it's going to be late later in 2012, and then some in 2013, isn't it? Seems to be the latest rumor. That's it. Well, as I say, there's there's two. To my mind, there's two ways it can go. It's firstly you're going to have it will start with um, airing episodes in 20 late autumn 2012, which will then continue into the winter of 2013. Yeah. So that again would add. Um, credence to Danny Cohen's statement that there will not be a full series of Doctor Who airing in 2012, or not all, not all episodes. I think he said, um, which I think was the, the correct statement. Um, what would be interesting about that, of course, is that would then make the Christmas special somewhere in the story arc, unless it's a standalone. Yeah, but it's going to be harder on a thought to do it a standalone be. episode if yeah. it comes um, bang in the middle of. That's it. Of a series. So, I mean, at the mo- moment, it's got the luxury of being completely outside of of the run. Yeah. Of that, any series, well, any that, series. So well, it can oh, be completely a standalone. Well, I was going to say, the other option um, is it could air sort of six or seven episodes in the autumn, and then they could do the remainder in the spring. Yeah. Of, of 2013. Pretty much a reverse of what we've got now. Precisely. Um, but, I mean, who... I mean... Who knows? I mean, obviously, it will be announced at some point, and as Stephen Moffat tweeted, hush and patience, really. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing that people are forgetting is that 2013 is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, so, obviously... I Some think, are certainly forgetting. So it's, yes, they certainly are. They seem to forget on quite a few occasions, actually. Um, yeah, so, obviously, they obviously want to be airing Doctor Who in November, late November... Yeah. Or 2013. Um, and I can't imagine they're not going to do something big um, for their, basically their, their crowning glory of the schedules. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine they're probably sort of channeling all their efforts towards that. I mean, it's been, since, since it came back, since, since the new series, if I want a better word, came back, there's been quite a movement to get Doctor Who in the autumn-winter schedules. So when it's dark and... Well, it's back to those halcyon days again, isn't it? Yeah. Well, perhaps they're just, you know, listening to the fans. It's People are going to get what they want. Yeah, well, yeah, which is basically back on in the dark evenings again. Uh, but maybe yeah. that, maybe that's what Stephen Moffat wanted 
all along since he became the showrunner. Because um, he's always referencing old Who, and he's a fan as well. And he, obviously he remembers watching it on those sort of dark evenings. Yeah, I mean, certainly some of the the creepier ones certainly work better mm. in the when you've come home in the dark and turned it on, rather than exactly. Um, I'm just sort of thinking if you go back to things like um, the Impossible Planet. Yeah, which was the extremely sort of um, especially the opening episode was extremely creepy. That would have been great to have watched on a on a, on a dark Saturday evening, yeah, rather than the sun streaming in through the windows and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I seem to remember that when the second episode um, of, of that story aired, my my mum and dad were up staying with us. Yeah. And um, I seem to recall my dad falling asleep during it. <laughs> so that, that's one of my memories of that particular episode. I was obviously was hooked on it. He just fell asleep. But World War Three could be going on outside. My dad would manage to fit a snooze in somewhere. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I mean... That, that that it makes sense just to as you say to you have the run starting say October through to January. Hmm. That's probably about, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, about weeks. that. Yeah. And um, every year. And I don't mind only, that. The only problem I can see is a what they do with the Christmas episode, which I think would have to be a completely standalone episode because a lot of people will watch it on Christmas Day that don't necessarily watch the whole series. Yeah, because it is the big... Um, well, well, it is for me anyway, I don't know about yourself, but or for anyone else who's listening out there, it is the big sort of event of the, of the, the TV schedule for Christmas Day. It's probably about the only thing I do watch. Yeah, um, I don't tend to get to watch it till Boxing Day, but that's just where I spend my <laughs> Yeah, exactly, day. yes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so that, that, that'd be a problem in terms of you'd have to sort of, if you're having a story arc going right the way through, that'd be a problem then. Mm. The other thing is, would they then perhaps do a special at Easter? Well, I'm, I'm kind of hoping they don't go down the, the specials route, because they, obviously they've ordered, um, or commissioned, I should say, 14 episodes um, yeah. Of Hove, um, but obviously we know we're not going to see them all, um, at, you know, all in one big block. Um, but I'm hoping they're not going to spread them out like they did with the with the specials. Uh, when no, they I was just wondering left. if the Christmas sort of becomes part of the run. Mm. Became part of the 13 series. Whether they could use the 14th, which has normally been a Christmas one, for some time round about Easter, just to give the fans a little. Treat a, a, a little, a little in their nine-month desert. Of, yeah, that's right. Of and it will be a nine-month desert as well. Yeah, because I mean, at least the one thing about how the series went was you knew you always then had Christmas to look forward to. Yeah, and then only had a few months to go then till the season started. Oh, it's going to be a long, long nine months if there's no who. It is, but I mean, it's just a matter of getting round into a different. I mean, it's maybe why. It may have been the plan all along, which was why this episode was split. This series was split. Well, I, I was listening to... Was not, so you didn't well, have a June this year going through to October next year without any, mm. with only the Christmas special? Well, I, I was actually um, listening to another podcast. Um, I might as well give them a name check, Radio Free Scaro. Um, and last week's um, episode for them, I can't remember which of them stated this, but basically they said, well... 
this whole thing now of people wanting everything now, now, now. Um, they want to know now, you know, when, when's it going to be on? Or tell me now uh, all the time. Um, well, years ago when we watched Who when we were kids, you had to wait. Yeah. You just waited until the next series came round. Um, and, that, and that was it. There was no there was no fuss like there is now. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's Unless just... she was watching it in the Hartnell years, where it seems it must have been on nearly every week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the amount of episodes they got through in a season. Yeah, I know. My God. The ones that took holidays mid, mid, sort of mid-run, didn't they? <laughs> we'll get a standing act of a Hartnell, or we'll get a cardboard cut out of Jamie. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, it was just really... Um, they, they pretty much sort of hit the nail on the head there. People just can't wait for anything anymore. Yeah. Um, which is probably why this is this whole story has kicked off like it has. Um, but really, any who on the telly, or any new episodes of who on the telly, is a good thing. Whether yeah, I mean, let's go back ten years and think we're having this argument. <laughs> yeah, now, now that was a who oasis, wasn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. My God. A desert. An absolute desolation of... Uh, of a TV schedule, but oh, there we go. Um, anyway, so that, that's that for this week. No doubt there'll probably be some more rumblings during the week, so we'll um, we'll wait and see. So um, moving on, um, obviously the, the our main feature of the uh, of today's episode is our retrospective of the eleventh hour. Um, yes. Or basically, we're kicking. Obviously, we're going to kick off um, the retrospective of the whole of the whole of the fifth series. Or Matt Smith's first series, however you want to, however you want to put it. Um, so basically, Paul, what did you, what did, sort of memories did it bring back watching it again, sort of recently? Um, I actually enjoyed it a lot more um, than I did the first time round. You didn't enjoy, probably... you didn't enjoy it first time round then. No, I did, but I think there's a mixture of anxiety in there as into, is this going to be any good? Is he going to be any good? Yeah, because... I think particularly. I, I must admit, I wasn't some... There wasn't sort of anxiety with myself. I was really, really excited. Um, I, I sort of felt as excited as when um, it first came back with Chris Eccleston. Because yeah. it, was, it was a completely new... Um, Taken everything. Everyone knew we were getting a new TARDIS. It was a new showrunner, new Doctor, new companions. Um, so I was, I was pretty sort of hyped up. But that was the thing. Then was it going to live up to the expectation? Well, and I, the fact no, none of us really knew what Matt Smith was going to be like. No, if he was no good. Yeah, I think everyone had a lot of um, a lot of faith in Stephen Moffat because what he brought to the Russell T Davis era of yeah. Who, his stories were absolutely fantastic um, so everyone, they're very very high hopes um, but I must say I wasn't worried about that at all um, I was, I was, no, it, it, was, it was Matt Smith and the new companion well, companions yeah um, was, the, was, the, was the worry yeah, and I don't know if you sort of used to trawl through the, through the forums back then but there was someone had posted um a little MP3 of Matt Smith. I don't know how the hell they got hold of it, but he was. It was actually a line from Victory of the Daleks, and it's the line when he says, "I'm the Doctor, and you are the Daleks." And someone posted it on there. And obviously, it was um, an outtake, or he was rehearsing, or something like that. And the way he and I must admit, I didn't listen to it, um, 
because I didn't want to spoil anything, just in yeah. case it was a spoiler. Um, yeah. But people say, oh, look at the way he's delivering this on. He's going to be rubbish. I'll bring back David Tennant. I'm not going to watch this anymore. And it was the usual fan knee-jerk reaction. Um, and all I can say is, as soon as he's, um, well, basically since the first words come out of his out of his mouth in in the eleventh hour, um, he he sold me completely. I, did, I must admit, he's probably the first doctor I didn't take a long time to get used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't it wasn't that I was a fan of Tenant that I was worried or anything like that. I think no. There was a time for change, so to speak. But um, yeah, it was just you, just you, just because you didn't know anything about him. Mm. I mean, I think when Tennant took over from Eccleston, you sort of knew his CV. You knew. Well, yeah, because he just he done the... um, recently done Casanova. Yeah. So yeah, people were familiar with him, but no one. You knew he was a, he was a, a a proper actor, so to speak. Yeah. As such, you know in terms of working in television and all that, and you just... But it smacks me if you just thought, is he going to is he gonna appear too young? Well, I think that was everyone's worry, because there was always that thing beforehand with the, with the new casting. There was that rumour circulating that they wanted an older actor yeah. uh, to play the Doctor, and there was sort of... There's always those rumours going around. Um, it's Alan Rickman, or it's Bill Nye, or, you know, someone of that, yeah. that sort of age group. And so when they went for Matt Smith... Again, there was uproar, wasn't there? Um, the, the, yeah. Who, the Who fans wouldn't be pleased. They really wouldn't be pleased. But I think... Actually, I'll say that even now, there are still fans out there who will not accept Matt Smith in the role. And I, for the life of me, I can't imagine why. No. I really can't. I actually watched The 11th Hour on Friday. Hmm. Uh, and then afterwards, watched... John Pertwee thing, thinking, is this going to put this into context? Yeah. As to how good he is as a doctor. And he didn't uh, fail in comparison, certainly. <laughs> how do you mean? What, what sort of comparisons did you make then? What was the. No, I mean, as in, is it, you know, you're watching somebody who definitely I grew up with and is, along with Tom Baker, is the doctor to me. Yeah. And was I going to watch it and think, oh, you know, he's, yeah, you know, Matt Smith's good and that, but he's no John Pertwee. Actually, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't prefer Matt Smith. So. I think that, for me, that's the impression he made in this episode because um, if you go back to previous post regeneration stories, um, a lot of them, the Doctor doesn't play a very big part. No. Um, I suppose, I suppose, really, the, the, the sort of the last one we had was, I think, probably since Tom Baker, because yeah. once he sort of woke up from you know the sick bay at unit headquarters, he was pretty much in it, wasn't he? The, pro- the problem they had with this one as well, though, is in normal terms of regeneration, you've still for a limited period got the old companions. Yeah. Even in John Pertwee, you you sort of had the brigadier there. And with Tom Baker as well. Yeah. So there was a familiar face around to sort of take the strain. Yeah, which in this case there wasn't. There was absolutely... No, it was going to live or die on actually, actually, I'm saying this. Wasn't... Um, Colin Baker was pretty much up and running, wasn't he? So I know he had that... Um, 
it was sort of quite a sort of I can put it, a violent regeneration because he remember he tried to strangle Perry, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was pretty obnoxious to Perry, wasn't he, in the first? And you thought, yeah. what is it going to be? It took no, it took him a few seasons. It took a few seasons. A few, <laughs> a few episodes. But, but then to sack him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Colin. Um, oh dear. No, it took him a few episodes to to get going. I think mm. from memory. This is totally from memory because I can't remember the last Colin Baker episode I saw. But it's Attack of the Soul then for me actually. But yeah. Um, so, from that point of view, no, I think, yeah. I mean, and obviously, yeah, so I, so I think, yeah. And it, but even then, yeah, you had Perry. You had Perry to bounce off of. You had a, you had a character that everyone was familiar with mm. to play. Well, actually, even though Perry, this, it was un, actually only, um, what it would have been the twin dilemma, wouldn't it, his first yeah. story? Um Really, that was only Perry's third story as well. Yeah. So the audience hadn't really got used to her either. Because she came in with Planet of Fire, then Caves of Androzani, which yeah. was Davison's last, and then straight into Twin Dilemma with Colin Baker. So she didn't really have a lot of time to get her feet under the table, as it were. No, there was, there, there was at least a limited amount of continuity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, right. get, getting back to the eleventh day, I know we're sort of obviously this type of episode. You, you, you've got to make that comparison to previous yeah. post-regeneration stories, um, and I'll probably say Pat, uh, Patrick Troughton. I've only ever heard um, Power of the Daleks on audio, I and mean, he pretty much gets up and he's he's a bit confused. He doesn't really know who he is, but there's no yeah. oh, I, need, I need to go and have a lie down sort of thing. Yeah, which you which you had with I mean basically with Tenant's first story. Yeah, I mean he, he, he wasn't in it a lot, was through. he? Yeah, he no. slept. He slept through most of it. Same with Davison, wasn't it? Yeah, in the that zero um, in the zero room, and also in that um, in that strange cabinet they made. Yeah, out of uh, Tardis wall. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we must watch that again sometime. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So I think that really, he, I, I just accepted him from from yeah. the off. Um, but then. Of course, you had the new title sequence. Yeah, I mean, bits, now, bits that come into it that worried me mm. was, having seen the trailers, I thought, is he really going to be saying Geronimo all the time? Yeah, they did seem to lean on that quite heavily, didn't they? And uh, you just thought, oh, how, how long before I'm really sick of that? Yeah, because you had... I was beginning to wonder at the time um, whether they were going to try and follow on from uh, David Tent with that... Alon Z, because Eccleston said fantastic all the time. Yeah, um, and then you had uh, Tennant with his Alon Z, and then they have Geronimo for for Matt Smith, and and, and yeah, like you, I did think, oh god, they're going to overplay this. Yeah, um, but they didn't, did they? No, I mean, every, every, even things in in the first, this first episode that you thought, oh, I'm not sure about this, actually. Didn't make it any further than the first episode, which no. was um, the bit where, obviously, the the steals for the "What have I missed?" bit. Yeah, I think you there thought, was. There... Oh, this, this could get this could get annoying through a series. Yeah, I seem to remember there was quite a lot of worry about that actually. Um, whether that's going to be like a new trait of the Doctor. Yeah. Um, but like yourself, I'm glad they didn't uh, go down that route. No. 
No, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you, there was the bits that actually, when I first watched it, this is kind, this is purely from memory. Hmm. When I first watched it, the things that I thought, oh, I'm not totally sure about, actually were only in that episode. All right, okay. That the same. Well, I mean, you know, Geronimo does come back occasionally, but nothing because in you thought it was you you feared it might be. <laughs> it is you. It was Fear used sparingly, which was quite good in in good places. Yeah. Um. And and that bit, and uh, say the steels bit. So yeah, Doctor Vision, what you wanna, yeah. whatever you wanna call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back, if you go back. So to... I actually, I, I wasn't quite sure even about the going through the, uh, wanting trying to find something that he liked to eat. Um. Start. That, I, I, so I just thought it just went on too long. Maybe it did a little bit. Um. But, but then, it, but then again, it did give us the the, the great line: "Your Scottish fry something." Yeah. So, and that still, made, I watched because I watched the episode this morning. And it still makes me chuckle even now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but I, actually, I, in I, retrospect, I, it works because it's the the whole bonding thing between him and the the little the Amelia. Amelia, little Amelia. Um, which, which, as I was watching it this morning, I, I. I Sort of thought to myself, I think it would have been great if that she just made her the companion. Yeah, I think really. I think I think they was worried about this strange man running off with a little girl. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> I think may well have been the well the fears on that. Well, there was the the whole thing that there wasn't there was something not right in her house anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, is is you know the 21st century so bloody cynical these days that you know everything's got to have some sort of um connotations read into it yeah all the time and if that's the case we, we, it's a pretty sad world we live in it really I mean, is it would, it would have it, i mean obviously then you couldn't have had any of the story arc we've had obviously not too serious oh come on we, we've had the doctors now now He's, we now know he's he's slept with Amy and Rory's daughter, who we've who they've only seen as a baby. Yeah. So come on, that's, I mean, if that's not screwed up, <laughs> I know. But, and but how much more screwed up would it have been? If it's it's almost maybe he was still a child. I'm sorry. It's almost like it was something out of a bloody Paul film. So I've known you since you were like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Anyway, anyway, anyway moving I mean, swiftly on. What 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 was good was how you to find a, a new way of introducing a companion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I just think it would have been nice to have a couple of episodes with with because I thought she was a good little actress. Yeah, I uh, know that that is actually something that come through actually watching it again this weekend was actually how good she was. Yeah, and I, and I just thought the whole scene where where he um he takes the he runs he hears the cloister bell. Yeah. After just gone to have an investigation of uh, of this, um, the crack in the wall yeah. in her bedroom, um, and it's a whole thing where he runs off and says, "I'll be back in five minutes." Trusting the doctor, and it's just the look on her face. She rushes upstairs and packs all her things and comes out and waits. Yeah. And I think the way she does it is really it's it's brilliant. Yeah. I think you know it was sort of you know um, I, I can't think of any comparisons at the moment. But you know it's usually that that that, that whole child actor thing. You think of the spoilt brat. Yeah. Don't you? And sort of, and they do tend to overact 
and over-emote quite a bit as well. Um, but she didn't. She was just very, very natural. And yeah. I just thought it would have been would have been nice to have sort of given her a bigger. Okay, she came back in the in the in the last part, uh, the Big Bang, for, for you know very briefly. But um, no, I just thought she was very good. It's just, just yeah. you know a shame that she sort of couldn't become the companion just just for a while. No, but I mean in terms of what we were saying about it being a new do- everything new about this episode, mm. it was a great way of actually giving them to at least the sort of history together yeah. so that from the further series there was always that slight conflict in there yeah but yeah she let d- her down already. yeah she, she does blame the doctor for uh um well all the psychologists she had to go and see yeah while whilst growing up yeah which i thought again was was um it's not until i sort of watched it um again today that just reminded me of how that's never really been addressed before. Well, you've had the whole right. thing with um, with Sarah Jane when she says, "Well, I thought it's her." Or actually, the Doctor says, "Well, I have to watch you grow old." Yeah. You know, while I just continue traveling around the around the, the universe or whatever. No, he says it's a rose, doesn't it? Rose, now? that's it. Yes, I know. I know. This, this, this is now. I know. I have seen the future. Yeah, I, mean, I know. So, that... I can spend my life with you, but you can't spend my life. Your yeah. life, I can't spend my life with you. Yeah, I know it does. It does sort of get addressed again in, in um, uh, school reunion because the whole thing about Sarah has got older. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he just regenerated half a dozen times. Um, yeah, but yeah, so but and it goes on about the effects of well, no one else can live up to the Doctor. Yeah, sort of thing. Well, this one, well, this is how much the Doctor can screw you up. Yeah, well, I mean, you see yeah. it with um, with River Song, don't you? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's um, maybe maybe it's same sort of way. Yeah, maybe it's meant to be some sort of recurring theme. Who knows? Who knows? We're not going to know to the second half of uh, of this series. Yeah. Um, But so going back, I was trying to ask you before when you first saw this episode. What did you think of the new title sequence as it was then, and Um, and the new theme as well, for that matter? I have never, to, to be honest, got that upset about title sequences and well, I, and whatever. Well, I didn't mind the title sequence. I must admit, I, I took me a while to get used to the new theme when I first heard it. Because um, he added, Murray God added a few extra sort of bars into it, didn't he? Because sort of, I'm not yeah. musical, I don't really know what I'm talking about. But you've got that new sort of um, lead up to the, to the main theme. Yeah, um, which I think a lot of people didn't like, but person. But now I've I've got used to it, and, yeah, now, no, and, I mean, and, and, and now when it's not there, I do actually miss it. To be honest with you, I mean the big change was going was was the, with the start of the new series, wasn't it? Yeah. Once you've got past that, I don't think really any slight ch- any changes now are of that. Affect me now. I don't think. Well, I, I can only I can only equate this back to obviously when John Nathan Turner took over as producer of Doctor Who, and you had the for Tom Baker's final season, you had the new um, title sequence. So they got rid of the old slit scan um, opening credits, and you had this new yeah. Starfield one. And when I saw that, I thought, "What the hell have they done?" 
Yeah. And I can only imagine for fans that have only come to Doctor Who when it started back in 2005, I can only imagine that has had the similar sort of effect on them as well. Yeah. Maybe. Perhaps, perhaps that's it. Perhaps we've just seen so many different ones now that we're... we're, we're yeah, we're hardened to it, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was... But say, it's a sense of nostalgia when you see some of the old ones. It is, yeah. Because um, I've been watching a lot of Hartnell lately. Um, obviously, I definitely don't remember watching them when they were first transmitted, no. but... You can see sort of the you know the basic, um, very sort of basic opening credits to to that, um, but yeah, it, it sort of it set the trend, didn't it? It hasn't really moved that far away, if you think about it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, from uh, actually, I mean, it, it's sort of going through the TARDIS, going well. You, the viewer watching it sort of going through a tunnel is very is still very evocative of evocative Doctor Who isn't it really yes, evocative of the era yes, we grew yes. up on anyway yeah oh yeah definitely Hurts we and Baker with a yeah very much of that nature probably until the titles that you've just mentioned yeah it just yeah exactly it wasn't really until you got back to or you know when Christopher Eccleston started you had the proper um What's the word? Sort of time tunnel effect back in again. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, back then I didn't mind the new talk sequence. It was the music or the theme tune I wasn't too sure about. But now, actually, I, I watching really this like episode it. again is how much music there was in it. Well, I, I, that was the next thing I was going to mention because I thought Murray Gold's score for this was absolutely brilliant, and it, it did have. Um, What's the best description I can think of? Sort of like a fairy tale aspect to it. Yeah. Especially when sort of the Doctor says, oh, Amelia Pons, it sounds like something out, like out of a fairy tale. Um, and again, I come back to that bit when she's packing a suitcase. Yeah. And going out to sit in the garden waiting for, for the Doctor to come back. Again, it just reminded, it, it, it sounded very, very fairy tale. It was almost, um, well, for, to my mind, it was almost Disney-esque. Yeah. Really. I mean, but the music actually was good there because then the pointing of the door being open. Yeah. Just in the music, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah, there was no sort of visual cue, was there? It was a, it was a musical cue Yeah. to show you what was going on. Yeah. It was just something that happened in the background. and Yeah. He was left to know what was, what was going on by, by that. Yeah. Um, um, no, but there just seemed to be a lot. I mean... I think there hasn't been in the last, in the first half of series, last series we've had, mm. there hasn't actually been as much music, I don't think, as perhaps the fifth series had. Um, perhaps I'm just imagining that. No, I, I, I think probably they they probably turned the music down somewhat. Yeah. There's, there's there's been the odd um, sequence where there's been the mixture of the the music and the sound effects has drowned out the dialogue. Yeah. And I've had to rewind it back a couple of times just to sort of try and catch what they're saying. Um, but I think you're right about the music. It hasn't been as as um, intrusive as, it, as no. it used to be. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not necessarily... I mean, quite a lot, I mean it, it does run through the plot very well. 
mm. and match the action that's going on very well. It's just the fact that there you did notice that most scenes when there wasn't dialogue, there was music. Yeah. Whereas I think there has been a lot more... They've allowed a lot more silence and natural sound effects to film. Yeah, I think by basically which they started with this story. Yeah. Really. Um, actually, sort of talking about the story, what did you actually think? Because I, I personally think that the story was really a little bit... Um, well, obviously it set the arc up um, for the yeah. series, but it was almost inconsequential. Because the whole thing was about Matt Smith, and I think that's why he made, for me, he made such an impression at the time. Yeah. Because it was the relationship between him and Amy, wasn't it? And yeah. Their history, so to speak. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, just, I still don't like the Atraxi. No, as, 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 uh, they were a bit rubbish, but again, they just served their purpose. Yeah. Really, they were just there to serve a purpose. Um, and then for the doctor to bring down to make his big speech, yeah. Um, and also again reaffirming that connection to previous Who history, yeah. By showing like, past enemies, I, actually I can't remember when, whether because he's talking about you know about things that have happened on planet Earth. Um, unless we're missing something, we're the Ood of um, and those ones out the doctor's daughter, which is the life me, yeah. I the half. Sorry. Uh, yeah, oh, that's how forget. Yeah, that's how forgettable that that particular monster was. Um, yeah, since since when? But did the only actually... time you'd have turned up, as far as we can see on on Earth, has been in calling the Doctor, haven't they? That's about it. Yeah. So I couldn't exactly say um, that was an invasion as such, but yeah. Um, but then although, you, get, you get that, and then all the previous Doctors. Although I suppose yeah. you didn't say then there has to be a history with the the Ood and. <clears throat> And humans, because they're basically using the Ood as servants, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And slaves, so that must have come from somewhere. Actually never thought about that. Good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really, it was just... You know, the, the Atraxi were a bit rubbish. The Prisoner Zero, as well, was a bit um, a bit rubbish as well. It, I thought it was quite interesting. It was... Well, they called it a multi-form, didn't they? So it would, it yeah. would, it would sort of take on... Sort of shapes of well, basically whatever's in someone's mind at the time. Yeah, um, like you know the Garney's Rottweiler. Uh, yeah. So I thought that that was how quite... they visualised themselves. Was yeah, how, how it appeared. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was quite good. Um, but obviously, you had there was obviously something that started in that story, which to my mind still hasn't been addressed yet. Is um, that extra room? Now I think. Watching it again this morning, they were saying, and I don't, I, don't, I didn't remember this at the time. But basically, Prisoner Zero saying he was been waiting there all these years, living in that house. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not 100 percent clear on whether he actually sort of created that extra room, or whether he just blocked them from blocked her from seeing it. Well, it's this whole thing again that sin out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. Um, is it was it something that the silence had put there? Had the seeds been sown for that particular? Because I've always mentioned that's when it all started off with the Pandorical will open and silence will fall. Yeah. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if that's anything to do with them. Because that there's the I think it was at the end of the oh was it the big 
it might have been the Big Bang. I'm going to have to watch it um, when we get round to doing a retrospective on, on that episode. I'll, I'll soon find out. But um, I think he says then this still hasn't answered why there were so many rooms in in uh, in Amy's house. I just thought that was because of the the whole fa- the family that had disappeared from her life without her realizing. I don't know. I think you sort of led to to believe there's a bit more going on there than than obviously meets the eye. Yeah. But again, I, I could be completely sort of misreading this as I as I usually do. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I mean, obviously the seeds were sown as as far back as um, yeah. as far back as that. Um, but one thing again reminded me. So what I was watching it again today um, was Rory. Now everyone sort of seems to remember he was sort of like last series he was just all bumbling about and you know he was sort of Amy and the Doctor's whipping boy as it were. But I was reminded again today he wasn't as stupid as we all remember. No, he worked out something was going on exactly with the patients. Yeah, um, which I thought was I, I completely forgot about that. And I thought that was, it was that... actually the fact that he'd gone round taking photos of them that allowed the doctor. Well, yeah, to actually do what, what to he set did. the traps. Yeah, that's it. Um, which again brings that sort of leads me on to the whole trap thing. Um, I thought again that was a little bit flimsy, and again it was a very much a, a, a Russell T Davis plot device where you would yeah. have um, sort of like a, a, a virus or. Um, someone would save the world using their laptop. Yeah. I mean, particularly, actually, the, the, the multi-way video conference was very much something that Russell T. Davis had used, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and not, not only that, but also getting in a, a, a cameo of, uh, in like a real-life, in this case, Patrick Moore. Yeah. Um, again, that was very much a Russell T. Davis thing to do. Um, it, it kind of worked, but again, it was a little bit... Flimsy. It's, it's like it always reminds me of that thing from. Um, oh God! See, my memory's terrible. Um, the set, the second part of the Slovene two-part from um, was it World War Three? Yeah, I think it was. Um, the whole thing where, where Mickey managed to uh, hack into um, units defense program via the internet yeah. and launch a missile. Just because the doctor gave him the password, yeah, it's just little things like that, or just a bit, a bit rubbish. Um, but it's also the whole thing about okay, the doctor uploads the virus from um, the phone, from the phone. But again, no, no clocks are actually linked together. So how do they all reset to zero? Don't um, yeah, I can understand computers. Computers, would. yeah. But whether it's saying that any anything that's got a any electronic clock that's got a chip in it. Well, the, the clock they were showing in the, in the hospital walls certainly didn't have a chip in it. No. So, because those sort of clocks, I think they started bringing in the 80s when I was at school. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The uh, electricity just at the place of the little winding up key, didn't it? Really? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> But, actually, um, watching it again, the thing that actually I'd like to to, to to question on the plot thing was yeah the fact that Amy didn't seem to recognise him until he asked her, "Where's Amelia?" Very she true. Didn't seem to clock anything with him there. 
it's only then that she started to look worried about who this man was. Yeah. And yet everybody else who met him recognised him straight away from the drawing she'd done. Oh no, that was that was the um I I actually hadn't noticed that until you'd um until you just mentioned it, to be honest. So the only person who didn't recognise him was the person that had met him. Yeah, I oh know, it doesn't yeah, now you mention it, it doesn't really make much sense, but I mean, I was trying to limit it as working out that that's why she'd handcuffed him rather than just calling the police was because she didn't want him to run away again. It could have been. But it was just the fact that it was only when he asked where Amelia was that she seemed to react. Yeah, it was... Um, there was there's quite a few other things. I know I'm with sort of picking holes in something which I pretty much think is a, a damn near perfect um, episode... And also a perfect episode to introduce the do- a new Doctor. Yeah. It's, probably, it's probably the best one they've ever done, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it was a whole... Uh, the Annette Crosby character. Now, when I watched it, I honestly thought she was going to play a, quite a big part. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be... We were going back to the sort of the Rose era again with all her family. And I thought that that's where Annette Crosby was going was gonna to fit in. Um, but then after this episode, you didn't see her again, did you? She wasn't even at no. the wedding. No. In the final episode. Um, None of them were. I mean, the only, the only other character is Rory, isn't it? That's yeah. Um, and even even Jeff didn't reappear. No. Um, I didn't like the line, not him, the good-looking one. She goes, what Jeff? And it's Rory. <laughs> Go, Jeff. Afterwards. Yeah, I know. I, I, that sort of... Because um, I was watching it again this one, because I'm obviously obviously missed it the first time around, was the fact that, I don't know if you meant to believe there, there was some sort of um, previous history between Jeff and Amy. Because yeah. Rory did seem a little bit, oh, yeah, oh, typical, the good look at, yeah, sort of getting a bit yeah. a bit jealous. Yeah. I think it sort of put his character, it worked with his character as, as in, you know, that perhaps at that stage... Uh, she was more important to him than she, he was to her. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That's even two years before they'd gone down the line of getting getting engaged and yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, sort of, Amy still wants to just run off with the doctor. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just thought, yeah. I mean, I was sort of we're not really picking holes in it as such. It's just. Um, it's just things I obviously didn't notice at the time. There's obviously things then I thought, well, this is, they're going to be like recurring characters. And yeah, basically I mean, they, there, they there was a lot you know. in this episode that you thought, oh, is this going to, where's this going to be? And are we going to have this all the time? Or Yeah. And like I say, a lot of it just didn't make it past this episode. No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, Which in a funny way, I'm, I was, I'm sort of looking back, I'm glad on that. Cause we, we it's had... almost as if it's almost as if you think Stephen Moffat tried it when he saw a finished episode, realised it didn't work, or when it got to the point of. Well, I, I don't know if it's that so much, or, or the fact it's just that um, it makes. Of course, you... they wouldn't have been filmed in that order, but you know, one yeah. of them, when it was finished, he sort of when he finished the script, he was sort of and read it back to himself. He thought, well, "I'm not quite well, sure." Well, actually, I think that. the the first um, episodes that actually filmed was the Weeping Angels two-parter. Yeah. Um, and I think that this um, this particular episode was fourth in the shooting block, or something 
Yeah. Ridiculous. Like they might even been last. I, re- I honestly can't sort of think that far I mean, back. That, that but... makes sense to allow him to have settled into the role before, so that he's seems assured in the role for the first ro- episode that people are going to see him in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's um, but the other thing, um, sort of like getting him into the roles is obviously the big reveal of his new costume. Yeah. Um, and again, which I thought was very reminiscent of John Pertwee. Because obviously he stole his clothes from a hospital as well. Yeah, as did Paul McGann. Yes. I, you know what, Paul, Paul McGann, I always, always forget um, about Doctor Who the movie. And some would say for very so good... I think so does Paul McGann. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, there's probably an awful lot of people out there would say, yeah, I can see why you've forgotten about Doctor Who the movie. It's not that, it's not that great a story. But, uh, but that's, that's for another day. That is for another yeah. day, um, but as as a, a a whole and as a story, um, it wasn't. It was a bit flimsy, as such. Yeah. It was it was another sort of run the mill save the world story. But for introducing the Doctor, it was brilliant. I can't I can't fault it at all. Yeah, I really can't fault it. So. Uh, yeah, that, I think that pretty much sums up my feelings on it, to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it, it was... It definitely set up him as the Doctor. By the end of the episode, you was... Hooked, this is okay, yeah. We're ready, we, we could move forward with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, I mean, I, I've come... I mean, as I say, I, I, I accepted him as the Doctor right at the very beginning. Um... I would have thought that anyone who had any doubts at the beginning of that story, by the time they got to the end, they would have accepted him. Yeah. You know, so it was... Um, occasionally there, was, there were times he was... And I think this is this was done purposefully. Um, he did sound... Or some of the the lines he he said, or possibly the way they were written, they did sound very tenant-like. And I think that's probably done on purpose. Yeah. Because he hasn't quite got to grips with his own personality yet, and a few yeah, and a few times afterwards he said, oh, "I won't be doing that again." Yeah. So, but that, again, that um, that sort of leads him quite nicely. As if he didn't know, quite know where it had come from. Yeah, but it was obviously the rem- the remaining part of of the tenth Doctor, there, possibly. Yeah. Um, but again, that that takes me on to the his reading of. Um, the line when he first looks inside the new TARDIS and he sees the yeah. console for the first time, he goes, oh, you sexy thing. Now, he said that it's such a, or delivered that line in such a fantastic way that I don't think Tennant could have done. No. And especially now when you watch it again back through having seen The Doctor's Wife. Hmm. It makes, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, you'd almost think now, was that, you know, could, was that acted out that way? Knowing it, it just it was coming. Well, no, it, it, to me it was just it just reminded me of the fact if if they had done this story and it was David Tennant's first stab, yeah, um, at playing the Doctor, he would have more or less like shouted the line. Yeah, I can hear him saying it now. Um, yeah, especially when delivering the live thing, it would have been finger. It would have done. He said it like that. Um, yeah. So again, 
that that again, that's what really sold me on Matt Smith. Just the way it was, it was delivered very, very quietly. Yeah. As uh, as people do talk to themselves. Yeah. You know, and that's what basically he was doing. He was all more or less talking uh, I to mean, himself. I mean, nothing. Think, think all the way the future episodes have shown, isn't it? He can, he can be very subtle with his with lines and yeah, uh, emotions and whatever. Yeah, you don't have to sort of over it. I'm not. I'm not taking away. I mean, he probably struggles to... more with the triumphalism bits. Yeah, the shouty stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, As actually, in at the end, you could probably have imagined he does shouty, angry, good, but I don't think his doctor is so much of. The... And I think this is what the um, the way this series is going because I think it's doing away with the or trying to lead the doctor to. Back to how he started. Yeah, it's just basically a man. Want... Well, I mean, how how triumphalism was it? You know, this I am the Doctor run. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, to, to how we've just finished the last series with. Do you really want to be this person? Yeah. Do you want to be remembered for that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or do you just want to be the explorer, the helper, the healer? Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously. Sort of watching it again today, it just sort of thought, well, yeah, this is where it's heading to in this series. I and mean, he's Stephen Moffat's definitely playing a very long game here, yeah, very long game. Um, and it's and the funny thing is, watching it again today has actually made me appreciate this half of or what we're gonna what we call series 6.1. Yeah, it's made me appreciate that a little bit more, yeah. I mean. It is, and I think you do find, find yourself, you've got to remember, even the, what you think's the bad episodes from this, the last series, are still up, probably up there as some of the better episodes of of who, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally I agree. Perhaps, perhaps over the last year and a half, we've been a bit spoiled. Um... And are starting to take, are starting to look for wanting perfection rather than. Well, I think this this is the problem because it was that whole so this thing is becoming the review show part two. Now. It is now, isn't it? Well, now, I think this again. This this does sort of come back to before the eleventh hour aired because there was a lot of trep- you had like trepidation about it. Yeah, but I also think there was a lot of hype about it because um, Stephen Moffat's episodes. Um, that he wrote when uh, RTD was still in charge, they yeah. were damn near perfect. And yeah. I think that was what people were expecting each and every time. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he cannot write every single episode if he's also the showrunner and executive producer. That's yeah. not going to happen. And um, Sherlock, of course. And doing Sherlock, of course, yes. <laughs> um, I, well, obviously, he's not going to listen to this, but I can see another Twitter statement coming out there. Nothing to do with Sherlock, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that that was what everyone's now expecting because series five was pretty damn good. Yeah, and I think everyone's expecting more of the same this season, and and I think it's disappointed a lot of people. And it, yeah, and I must admit, I was, I am, or was one of those people because, as I said, since watching Eleventh Hour again, I think as we go through. Uh, retrospectives of each episode. I think it'll make me appreciate you know, six point one even more. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're. I think 
the fact is, when we're now going through watching Series 5 in a, shall we say, critical view, yeah. that we've probably taken to the 6.1, we'll probably find that 6.1 isn't... Isn't that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Or isn't any worse than no. 5. No, that's it. I'm sure we've got a, a few episodes coming up that... Oh, there's, um, there's about to be more divisions... Yeah, it's about to be more divisions in the world of who. There's, there's got to be. Yeah. Um, so. So no, I, I think I think that's the point. I think you've got to take that as, as being it is such a, a very very good show, at the moment we've got now. Yeah. Um, and we are spoiled. <laughs> yeah. We are very very spoiled. Oh dear. So, do you think think we do you think we've covered that then? Oh, I think so. I think so. I think so. Well, um, obviously, over the over the coming weeks, we'll be doing more retrospectives of um, of the fifth series. Um, we're hoping in between then we'll have some Torchwood to review as well. Um, if the BBC ever get round to announcing an air date, um, but next weekend it's time for the monthly audio commentary. We hope. We hope. Yes. Um, if that's, not, that's, that, that's what's scheduled. Yes, if not, um, you'll be getting another one of these. Unless, unless, unless we're spending too much time on Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! That, no, it's uh... no. We'll leave that. To, we'll leave that to, to Stephen Moffat to spend too much time on Sherlock. <laughs> you're really hoping you're going to get a tweet from him, aren't you? <laughs> Oh dear! Well, yeah, that's the other thing. A reminder for everyone: um, who's he is on Twitter now. Um, we've. <laughs> do you, remember, you? I mean, have you checked how many followers we've got now, Paul? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> three. Three. We have three followers. Followers. And one of them's a mate from work. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you it? go. Yes. So. Uh, Yes, so um, at the end of the, the show, we'll, there's um, a little sort of uh, announcement for the website and um, also for our Twitter feed as well. So um, please give us some feedback out there. Whoever's listening, please give us some feedback. We're most, uh, most welcome. Or if you just want to say hello or uh, just give us some your opinions on, on who. And as I said, if, if it's... Uh, if it's not too bad or not too sweary, we might we might be able to read it out in a, in a future show. So, uh, yes, letters for points of view. Yes. When oh when will who's he wake up and realise that? <laughs> why oh why oh why? <laughs> Do we pay our license fee for this podcast? <laughs> if you're paying for this, <laughs> show me the cash. <laughs> Shh, don't 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 let him know. Don't let him know. <laughs> We need to let loose our scam there, didn't we? <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, so next week will be um, audio commentary time. Um, so that's what's that's what's scheduled anyway. Um, so we do have... Um, Hopefully I, the return of Tony. The return of Tony. Um, and I think we've, got, we've, we've selected quite a good story. Yes. Yes. I think it's quite a good one. Um, it's, it's one of my favourites. I don't know if it's one of yours, Paul, but um, it, it's certainly one of mine. Yeah. And from my favourite Doctor as well. Mm. So, not yours, I assume. <laughs> um, no, I, 
No, I mean, t- yeah, growing up, I think we've already gone through this. <laughs> I think we have, actually. I've already, I've already said my views on this earlier, actually. You have, actually, yes. You nearly gave the game away, didn't you? Well. I know you wouldn't, really, because Tony doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there would have to be some correlation there between Tony there listening. There would be, indeed. So there's absolutely nothing. So, um, until next week, um, hopefully next week, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. feedback about the Who's He podcast or about Doctor Who in general, please visit our website which is www.whos-he.co.uk or you can follow us on Twitter by searching username who's underscore he underscore podcast.